Welcome to the Drunk on Writing Dissections, where I, sometimes we, review, analyze, and just plain dig deep into a range of different topics and focus, all of which have one thing in common. They're mostly excellent writing. I'm your host, Warren Polanski, an editor, sometimes writer, and constant appreciator of the work that goes into creating some of my favorite media. In today's episode, brought to you in part through the patronage of Arya North, we're talking about the anthology Man Alone, Alienation in Modern Society, edited by Eric and Mary Josephson, and which bears this description on the cover. From Karl Marx to James Baldwin, from Dostoevsky to Ignacio Salone, an unflinching survey of one of the most critical dilemmas of our time. Now, if you follow Drunk on Writing at all, this might sound a little familiar to you. In fact, what you're about to hear first appeared in video form at DrunkOnWriting.com back on June 13, 2017. So why is this the first episode of this brand new bi-weekly podcast in 2019? Well, because it helps give some motivation behind why I originally started Drunk on Writing. Yes, it was this book, Man Alone, that gave me the idea, that gave me the drive to launch the series. And frankly, it's as good a place to start as any, except you might notice a bit of a difference in the audio quality between this introduction and the dissection itself. I tried cleaning it up a bit for the podcast, but at the time of recording, I simply didn't have access to the equipment I do now, so the quality is just not quite there. I promise you, it will improve as this dissection podcast series progresses, but if you'd like to just jump ahead and watch the latest dissections in their original video forms with great mics included, until we finally catch up here, you can always do so over at drunkonwriting.com or youtube.com slash drunkonwriting. All that said, on to the dissection. Today, we're taking a look at Man Alone, Alienation in Modern Society, an anthology edited by Eric and Mary Josephson. Josephson? I don't know, one of those. Who also wrote the book's introduction, which runs out a hefty 43 pages. That's right, 43 pages of intro before we get to a single piece of actual writing. And if you think that's bad, one excerpt I read includes a German reference in German that doesn't include any translation whatsoever. I've still no idea what it says because frankly, I just don't care enough to actually Google it and look it up. And in another segment, they note that they can't fit the entire excerpt. Here's a thought. Maybe cut your introduction from 43 pages down to, I don't know, 40, 30? Five? Maybe just get rid of it altogether, maybe just have a quick little note, and then maybe you can include the whole excerpt. Just a thought. Man Alone, as stated on the back cover, seeks to answer such timely questions as, who are the alienated? What are the conditions that lead to alienation? And what are the possibilities of restoring and or securing a greater integration of individual and group? Honestly, I don't know what made me buy this book when I did. Maybe it's the uh, sociologist in me. I can tell you why I decided to read it, though. Sandwiched between a few other titles on my shelf, Man Alone was languishing there until my son pulled it out uh, on a sheer whim, noticed that there was a tear in the cover design, and thought, hmm, this should have an actual tear in it. He then proceeded to tear off the entire cover. I haven't finished the book yet, but my god, is this a depressing read. <laughs> It's full of such wonderful, cheery anecdotes as the worker puts his life into the things he makes, 
and his life then belongs to him no more, but to the product of his labor. The greater the worker's activity, therefore, the more pointless his life becomes. That's Karl Marx, by the way, who happily reminds me that 2017 is shitty, but at least as shitty as years past, which is kind of good to know. In fact, the bulk of these stories were written in the first half of the 20th century. Most of these were actually published in the 50s and 60s, and my particular copy of this compilation was first printed in 1962, my copy being from 1966. So there's some odd comfort knowing that our parents, our grandparents had the same kind of shit to deal with as we do. So I specifically wanted to touch on this book today in this first dissection because even though I haven't finished it really, Man Alone has played a huge role in me deciding to start drunk on writing. It's possible the alienation theme simply kind of struck out at me because I've felt alienated in my life. After all, I've kind of been proclaiming social media as a threat to society as a whole ever since high school. I won, a, I won an award for a speech that I gave senior year talking about AOL Instant Messenger and how it was destroying social connections. What a world has changed, huh? But I don't, I don't think that's quite it. Because while I was reading through the book, while I was reading through the excerpts, I'd come across a quote or two and my, my mind would just start to wander because I would think, damn, this is actually a really good point. There, there would be something like, any action can be considered in terms of what it attains or what it fails to attain. A way of seeing is also a way of not seeing. A focus upon object A involves a neglect of object B, or even, even this. Does not man, perhaps, love something besides well-being? Perhaps he is just as fond of suffering. Perhaps suffering is just as great a benefit to him as well-being. These kind of quotes, they really made me start to think about my life and my career up to this point. What I was focusing on and what I was ignoring. What I was giving up in favor of well-being. But I really think it was this following quote that really broke my camel's back, my back, somebody's back. There are two ways of looking at it. One, if you are not going to set the world on fire anyway, it is better to spend your life in nice surroundings. Or two, looking back, you might have had a more adventuresome time and struggled harder to make your mark in the world if the big company hadn't made things soft for you. Now, I work for a big company. I work for a major company. I think they're Fortune 20, Fortune 10, Fortune 5. I don't know, they're up there. Biggest health insurance company in America. But I want to make my own mark. I want to set the world on fire, as the poet stated. Figuratively, of course, Mr. CIA, I know you're, you're out there watching somewhere. I have a family to support, so, uh, you know, maybe I won't do this as quickly as I would like. But that's, that's what I want. I want to work. I want to have ownership of my work. I want to do the thing that makes me happy that I put my sweat and blood into, which is drunk on writing at this point. But before I get all preachy, there's another excerpt from Man Alone that offers something of a counterpoint to that. The alienated man is one who does not experience himself as the center of his world, as the creator of his own acts. But his acts and their consequences have become his masters, 
whom he obeys, or whom he may even worship. The alienated person is out of touch with himself as he is out of touch with any other person. My hope is that this never happens with this series. But maybe that's something that is really inevitable in a society run by capitalism. Keep in mind, many of the authors in this book are to the left of the political, left, right, I don't know, whatever, which, which way is it, left of the political spectrum, communist, socialist, libertarians, and the like. And while I may agree with some of their ideas, spoiler alert, I happen to lean to the left a little bit. I don't with all of them. And I think a form of capitalism is inevitable in any society. After all, in the end, at the most basic level, we are going to do what's best for ourselves and what's best for our family, no matter what. You may be in a kibbutz, you may be in any kind of really group atmosphere. If it came down to it, if, if somebody said, hey, put a bullet in that person, put a bullet in yourself, chances are you're probably going to put a bullet in the other person. Sorry, it sucks. But, uh, you know, that's life. That's, that is the most basic form of capitalism if you really want to boil it down, that there is. What we need to be careful of, though, and I think this is kind of the takeaway of Man Alone, is not forgetting to keep each other in mind. Not forgetting to keep an open mind. And being aware that that alienation is easy. It's really, really super easy. And I know, I've been there. I, uh, it, I've felt alienated for a good portion of my life, kind of someone on the outskirts looking in. It's a rabbit hole full of despair and melancholy, and one where I probably would have written similar pieces to what appears in Man Alone. Which makes me wonder, maybe all these, all these authors, maybe, maybe Karl Marx, maybe uh, Dostoevsky, maybe all of them would have been happier in their society if they just had a little bit of Lexapro. Food for thought, right? Because Building relationships with others, it requires work. It requires effort. Carving your niche in society, that's work. That's effort. But I think it's worth it. I think it's, it's worth it to find the thing, the job, the opportunity, the path of life that makes you smile, that makes you happy. The person that makes you happy. The person that makes you smile, that makes you not only feel wanted, but actually genuinely wants you. So it's not just feelings, it's actual truth. And I think that's what this book is really about. It's not about the despair, it's not about the depression, it's not about any of that other horrid debasement of mass media or any of that. It's about finding yourself. And now I suddenly love the book. Huh. A little surprising. This has been the very first Drunk on Riding Dissection as a podcast, and I thank you all for listening to it. I'll be back here soon with an audio version of the August 8th, 2017 dissection of La La Land, a personal favorite film of mine. But if you don't want to wait for the podcast to upload, you can always go watch the video version right now at DrunkOnRiding.com, where you can also sign up for exclusive shows and videos and more, or you can also head on over to YouTube.com slash DrunkOnRiding and let me tell you, becoming a patron is really helpful. I mean, where do you think I got this super cool microphone from? Until next time, cheers, and keep on riding.